Brendan McManus, you're a Jesuit originally from Fermanagh and you've been appointed, however, to Belfast, to the Jesuit community in Belfast. What is your ministry here? What are you doing here? For spiritual direction. So it's one of the key Jesuit ministries. It's this thing about listening to people, just being an ear where people can come and talk about their lives, talk about what's going on for them, their struggles, their issues, and especially their decisions. You know, what should I do? So helping people to listen to where God is in all of that and trying to help people decide well, what's the best decision that I could make in this situation, given all the different complexities and moments. So, yeah, so I have a number of people, probably 20, 30 people that would meet over the course of a month. And we'd meet for an hour at a time. And people would talk about how their lives have been and especially how their prayer has been. And this is a one on one. This is a one on one just in the house, obviously completely confidential and private. And then normally I would have given them some scripture to pray with, like some specific passage. So, for example, somebody might be struggling with a decision, for example, and you might give them some passage that is related to that. So something from Deuteronomy, for example, about there are two roads or two ways. And you're trying to see, well, which way leads to God, obviously, and how would I get a sense of that? So the whole thing about the experience of God and what Jesus called the discernment of spirits, which is related to the feelings or the affective part that goes along with that. So we have this thing called consolation, which is normally a sign from God. This hope, joy, an increase in love for life and love for God. And then the opposite, desolation, which is the absence of God. So an emptiness, a dryness kind of often like a selfish thing or turning away from life and from the world. So it sounds simple, but it's quite complex and people often wrestle with that and the complexities and people often get caught up in the different things about, you know, am I really free to do this? Can I let go of things? Can I let go of my past especially? So often you would hit issues to do with healing of past memories or the way people were treated, the way they're related to authority, their parents, all of that. So that would often come up and then you'd be just saying, well, you're going to have to bring that to prayer also in the sense that it's not me as a spiritual director doing this because I'm, I'm not a psychologist, but this is material that you can bring to God and that that is where you will get healing. And that is amazing. That is what happens for people, you know, given that they're faithful to that prayer and that they can bring that. And it takes a lot of courage to do that. I think a lot of people, including myself, struggle with that, to bring everything to God and to believe that God is really there, especially in the messiness, the difficulties, the places where I failed and allow God to heal those wounds and allow me to move on, allow me to be a better person and to live from the knowledge that God has set me free and God has given me a chance and God has opened up a new world for me, a new world of possibilities. Now you say that there are some issues that I want to explore with you. Just before I do that, you say that there are 20 people. Would these be nuns and priests? It's a mixture, but a lot of them would be lay people, professionals, people in jobs, some people out of employment as well, some some people trying to get their lives together. But it's very much a mixture. Some of them are priests and religious, but it can be anybody. And I think anybody is really well served with this sort of approach. And I think people are beginning to realise more and more that this is part of your spiritual life. You know, it's not enough just to be praying, maybe doing good things. But we also need spiritual direction is enormously helpful in terms of helping people stay on track and stay tuned in to that little inner voice within that will provide a lot of the answers about 
what should I do and where should I spend my time and how, you know what do I need to change in my life a lot of people come because they're trying to make big decisions career decisions you know I, I have done this for so many years and now I'm feeling maybe I should do something else and maybe God is calling me to something else so that needs kind of careful discernment and careful listening and a lot of courage as well just to face that you know to step out of a safe place and to step out onto the water if you like in the sense of step out there with Christ and take a risk and see what Christ is inviting you to and see what might else might open up it might not be as well paid it might not be as secure but maybe it's something that's going to be enormously fulfilling and of course the Jesuits are well placed to do this because it was something really particularly at the core of Ignatian spirituality that making those kind of decisions and interestingly I think listening to you that Ignatius and right through for the next 500 years there was a sense of not finding God in the holy or the spiritual after you'd say reared the children or did a good job in wherever you were working at, but actually trying to see God at work in where you are and what you're doing. That is the miracle of this whole thing. God is with us always, like in all dimensions of life. And even those that you feel it's impossible that God could be there because it's such a dark place, because I feel abandoned or because it's so far away from God. But that is precisely the place where God is. And that is precisely where all the the mileage is to be made. And bringing God into those places has a radical effect. I think I know that from my own vocation story in terms of having worked in information technology before I was a Jesuit and understanding what it's like to be involved in a job and yet not be fulfilled and just be drifting along and doing it because of the money or because of other people's expectations. And assuming that I was doing the right thing and that this is what God wants me to do, but of course, not realizing that's not the way God works. And I, I have this insight often that sometimes we, myself included, make a deal with God. I'll do this job for this money and I'll, I'll cruise along here if, you know, if you stay out of my life, God, that sort of deal. And it is not fair, you know, it's not fair on God because it's kind of this manipulation, subtle manipulation to keep God out of the important things. Because the most important decisions are made in the heart, the innermost part of ourselves. And if we keep God out of that, it doesn't get any traction or purchase or it doesn't make any real difference. So letting God in to all those parts of ourselves and, as I say, even those parts which are not that attractive or not that susceptible, you know, they're not that open to the, the light, if you like. So spiritual direction and the nuts and bolts of it, I think another name for it is spiritual accompaniment. The person, how does somebody go about that if somebody's listening to this and they decide, I think I would like some help with maybe a a small decision, a big decision, or just trying to get closer to God in their lives? What would they do? I think the first thing is you would be able to approach one of the the Jesuit houses or, or one of the Jesuit works like a retreat house, for example, like Manresa is the best example, manresa.ie on the web, and asking for a retreat, maybe, first of all, just to to try it out, maybe just a couple of days, just to get a sample of it, or just come along once and ask for one session, one hour with one particular person. Could be a lay person, could be a priest, could be a religious, and whatever you're happy with in that relationship. But the experience of being listened to, I think, is a novel one for a lot of people. And the fact that your experience will be valued, it will be cherished and respected. That is the key thing. I think in our culture, a lot of us, we're not used to being listened to. And listening has become like the lost art. There's a lot of talking and there's a lot of noise. And there's a lot of chatter on the web or on blogs or on the phone or whatever. But there's very little listening in the sense of quality listening about what does this, what does this mean? And especially in terms of people's experience, like what is that suggesting? 
and helping people to uncover that, the riches of that. And I think it's a, it's a little quiet revolution that goes on that allows people to suddenly tap into this huge source of love and energy in their lives. And that life suddenly has meaning, like things, things are significant. What I do is significant. How I choose to spend my life is important. And that's what God wants me to do. So there is a direct relationship between what God wants and then what is communicated to me in terms of the, the spiritual direction, what I feel in terms of that consolation and desolation. So the Jesuit system is very helpful for people. It's very practical. It boils down to very simple practices of prayer, reflection on your prayer to see you know how I feel about things, that little affect of the, the feelings end of things. You know, where is this where is this leading me to? Where is this bringing me to? And especially what what changes do I have to make? What decisions do I have to make that would help me to stay more focused on this source of life and goodness in my life? So maybe once a month for an hour, is it like counselling or how is it different from counselling? On the surface, it looks like counselling because it's very similar. Two people sitting in a room talking privately about important matters. But the difference is that the person listening, the spiritual director or the companion, is not giving the answers. They are simply listening to try to tune into that level about about where God is again. And then they're reflecting back to people. So they might say to people, how does that make you feel whenever you do that? Or where do you think God is in that particular experience? Or how does this affect your prayer? So all the time reflecting back and people often say it's like as if there's three people in the room. So there's two people talking and then God is present there as well. And both people are trying to tune into God and both people are trying to listen for that. Often it's much easier for the companion for the the spiritual directory because they're sitting back from it and they're not as involved in it so they can be of enormous help just a little suggestions little uh, questions just to open up that level of information about where is God in that and what God's presence look like there and then suggesting pieces of scripture for example that would fit in exactly into that situation and second it can be enormously uh, helpful but it, it, it's, it's not therapy in the sense it's not about the director solving particular issues, you know. So even if the person brings up a particular issue, the director might say, you know, have you thought about some counselling for that? Because that belongs to therapy, for example. Or the other answer would often be, have you thought about bringing that to God? Bring that issue to God, ask for healing for that, which is another option. But in neither case is the, ther- is the director trying to answer those questions as, as if they had some authority in that position. And I suppose the authority comes from the training in the Ignatian way of doing and understanding the movement of spirit that you talked about and their own experience of God in their lives. It sounds to me sometimes like they have to be well down a spiritual road already or have a really strong prayer life. And yet it would be very helpful, it would seem, for people who are maybe struggling to hold on to a faith life or to find God somewhere, you know, even as a question. I mean, could somebody come and say, well, I'd love to know God and meet God, but I'm not so sure. That's true. I think I think it works for everybody. I think everybody has a spiritual life, whether they know it or not. Everybody faces big decisions, whether they know it or not. And everybody has these levels of information in their lives or levels of meaning that are going on. So I think this has been buried. The, the riches of this particular technique have been buried and kind of lost to a number of people. So if people realized what was available here and what was possible and how useful that was, I think a lot of people would be queuing up to do this particular thing because the effects of it. I remember when I was working in computers and I remember going along to a Jesuit priest and I remember talking to him about my life and what was happening and I didn't feel satisfied. And within a very short space of time, within a month or two, basically, I was getting 
a sense of direction. I was getting a sense of, I think I'm going to have some real help here. I, I think this is going to bring me somewhere else. And this brought me to the Jesuits, ultimately, and brought me to a great sense of happiness and brought me out of a very unhappy situation. So I think everybody can relate to that. Everybody wants to answer those questions about happiness, about what should I be doing? What is it I'm doing at the moment that is not helpful? I think is one of the big things as well, because those two things go together. And then what decisions do I have to take that would help me to move on from that, to, to get out of this particular trap that I feel I'm in at the moment? So yeah, so that, that applies to everybody. I think you just need a minimum sense of you know, the spiritual life or or prayer or the sense of, you know, the sense of God. There is something happening in my life. I, I can sense it in my own experience and I just need some help to, to be able to figure out what that means. And that that's my own story, basically. So I think most people can relate to that. I'm amazed that you have 20 people. You only came here last year and there are now 20 people. How did they hear about it or how did they decide was it word of mouth or what yeah i mean i think a lot of it has to do with the just the reputation that has been built up here over the years with the, the jesuits being in belfast and some fantastic jesuits down the years and some fantastic uh, lay people that have been involved with the jesuits for example there was a, a group called the prayer guides which were set up a number of years i think it was by finbar lynch a jesuit who was based here and that's a whole network of people that are promoting Ignatian spirituality in parishes around Belfast and the north. So they, they, are, they are doing this tremendous work and they are spreading the word, if you like, and they're spreading that word about Ignatian spirituality, about the way that works, the way it's accessible and practical and open to everybody. So a lot of people would come through the network of, of people that are available and then there's a number of Jesuits working here at the moment who are involved and I, they've been passing people on to me because they are completely booked up. So I'm getting, I'm getting people that are... The overflow. On. The overflow. <laughs> people are, people are, um, uh, they're able to take them so they're, they're passing them on to me. So, and I'm delighted to, to get people as well. What has struck you? I know you can't break confidentiality but we wouldn't be mentioning, but have you seen breakthroughs and, and, and I presume also it must be very moving for you to be in that situation as well. That's right. No, no, it's, it's uh, I mean, it's a very privileged job. It's a lovely job and uh, it's a real, it's a real delight to do that. And yeah, so, so I've seen, I've seen people wrestling with issues, you know, and for me, one of the funny things, this is, this is a paradox. The paradox is it's not me as a director who's going to fix this, right? So at the beginning of the session, I have to pray for the grace just to let whatever's going to happen happen and accept that I'm going to feel, you know, that I can't fix this. And there's a certain humility in that and a certain kind of lowering of my own expectations, you know, about myself or my great gifts or whatever in order for the spirit to work. So every time I do that, it works, you know. I see I see it work right in front of my eyes and I've seen some. I've seen some people just really just take off in terms of the the readings and their prayer and what's happening in their spiritual life and being able to being able to make a decision, or whatever. So that I mean, that's a great gift, and that is not from me, obviously. So it's a paradox, and it's it's very much of this being of service to people, and it's almost despite myself, and that that is a curious kind of gift that you get, you know. So, so I know for a fact 
these people got a lot out of this. I know for a fact that that was not me. And I know for a fact that that was God working there through me and through the situation and through them. So I give I give thanks for all of that. And and then you, you, you hope to keep praying to be in that same spot all the time in order for that to in order for that to keep happening. And there are courses for people who are women or men who are interested in actually training to become spiritual directors or spiritual accompaniers as well. And people from all over Ireland have done those courses. That's right. They're very popular courses. I believe they're booked out at the moment. There's, uh, there's one up in Dramalis Retreat Centre here in the north. And there's also one in Manresa, obviously. And then they have an outreach in Galway as well and possibly some others. But those have been very popular. It's a, it's a two-year programme. People come for... Uh, a number of weekends, uh, six or seven times a year. But that, yeah, being trained to be a spiritual director, just as I was trained in, in Canada whenever I started, again, it's a, it's a real it's a real joy. There's It is quite a rigorous training because you can see the uh, how fine-tuned there you have to be in order to do that. It, it demands quite a bit of self-knowledge, I think, and it also demands a fair bit of your own, your own spiritual sense and your own being able to be able to sit back from the thing and, and let the let the thing happen you know so so it's not counseling as well obviously in that sense you, it's not your skills or your ability to intervene it's the opposite your ability to take yourself out of the picture and and let god work through you so uh yeah so lo- lots of people have been doing those programs and there are more and more spiritual directors available and that has to be good news for everybody there's another another funny story that uh here in Belfast, uh, uh, one of the Presbyterian ministers who'd done the course in Manresa, he has started his version of that, of doing spiritual direction for his community. So that's a great thing, you know. And it's just, it's ironic in the situation, being in Northern Ireland and across the divide and all that, but it's, it's a great thing. Uh, something about the, the Jesuit approach and spiritual direction, and it's based on scripture, which means that a lot of Christians can accept this and live with this. It's not denominational in that way. It is a Christian and a, a rooted just in a spirituality, which was quite revolutionary. I mean, Ignatius, it was really very different from all the monastic traditions that had gone before, rooted in people's lived experience who weren't priests or monks. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that was the that was the shift that was made way back there with the time of Ignatius. It was the moving to the inner experience and that's that's a huge thing because obviously you have the the outer experience experience of authority a lot of people would associate with the church down through the ages or whatever but this is the authority of inner experience and realizing uh, how important that is it's very delicate as well i think is the other part of it you know i i often call spiritual direction i call it objectifying the subjective you know because subjective experience is very much part of human nature and we're filled with all these inner moods and motions and feelings and urges and impulses, and that's fine. But some of those have more value than others. That there there is a there is a spiritual message built into that if if you have the tools to unpack that, which which is the Ignatian system. So the whole thing about reflection, for example, allows you to look back with a little bit more objectivity, and then having a spiritual director is putting it outside yourself, letting somebody else see your inner experience and somebody can see it much clearer than you can and the wisdom of that 
the wisdom in order to to be able to move forward spiritually. And the irony is that in in our postmodern world, that is where people are at. It's all about the inner experience and what people feel and where they are. So it's particularly suited to a modern generation because it speaks their language and it and it allows people to to work with that and to, to move forward to address decision making and everything. So I, I see a great uh, future here in this. And your ministry here then will continue until such times as you are called to move elsewhere and you do that in your own discernment with your superior or, or whatever. That's right. Normally the, the provincial, the head of the Irish Jesuits would, would meet with us every year or, or more often and then you might be given a new mission. I'm hoping to uh, stay here in the north a little bit longer. I've, I have been moved around a fair bit and I would love to be here for uh, a certain chunk of time.